Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our series on Christ, our healer. And of course, we are continuing in Matthew chapter 9 as well as we uh, left some... Well, we, we, we left off right there in Matthew chapter 9, right in the middle of it. And so I'm excited to jump right into this. But I do want to just remind us, before we get into this, just remember just a few things about healing. One is, is that God did not create sickness. He did not create illness. He didn't create disease. He didn't even create death, right? It, it, was, it is what came in as a result of sin, which came in through man's free moral agency of choosing to rebel against God. And that is what brought sickness. It is what brought disease. It is what brought death. It is what brought illness into life. And of course, uh, we are into this world, I should say. And it is, looking at this here, it was never God's design for mankind to go through that. And uh, in fact, when we look at the character of God, he goes and he says that his name is Jehovah Rapha, uh, the Lord who heals, the Lord who heals. It is part of who he is. And so as we look at this with Jesus Christ, of course, his character doesn't change because he is God, and, and that means that he is unchanging. And so his plan from the very beginning is still his plan. It is still his desire. He wants something specific with mankind, and that's not sickness. It's not disease. It's definitely not death. And that's why Jesus Christ went and took our sickness, our disease, our sin, and our death upon himself on the cross, and by his stripes we are healed. And we uh, we see that. And of course, we looked at Matthew chapter 9 yesterday, and we were able to see quite a bit of interesting stuff because there's a lot of healing here, but we didn't quite get through it all. So let's go ahead and let's read Matthew chapter 9 again for our scripture reading. And we're going to be focusing in on the woman who touched the hem of Jesus's garment. If she just just touched his garment, she knew she would be healed. Then we're also going to be going and looking at um, a couple of guys who were blind, and yet they ended up seeing once Jesus touched their eyes. And then uh, we're going to see also a mute man who was healed as well. Let's start in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 9, and it says this, He got into the boat and crossed over, and he came to his own city. Then, behold, they brought him a paralytic lying on a bed, and Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And at the same, and at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemies. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go into your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitudes saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had given such power to men. As Jesus passed from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened, as Jesus sat at the table in the house, that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came, and they sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, 
Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wineskin into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. When he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and he worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus had come into the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd uh, wailing, and he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went and took her by the hand, and the girl arose, and the report of this went into into all that land. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about them into that country, and they went out, and behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the ruler of demons. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. All right. Well, we are going to pick up this narrative here. We we went over the uh, the lame man who ended up being able to walk and had his sins forgiven of him. And so we're going to be picking up here uh, in verse 18 because I want us to get just a little bit of context. And I know yesterday we contrasted here uh, the woman who had the issue with bleeding and, of course, this young lady who uh, who was raised from the dead. But, but I want us to focus in here on the, the woman who comes and just says, I, I must touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. Just I just need to just touch the garment of Jesus and I will be healed. Because I think this is interesting here. It starts in verse 18 and it says, When he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly, a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Now, I want you to understand this, what's going on here, because Jesus goes and he's he's told, you know, somebody comes and they're worshiping Jesus and they say, look, please come and raise my daughter from the dead. And Jesus goes out to go do that. 
That is the mission that he is on. You know, that seems like a pretty important mission. That seems like a, a, a really big thing that's going on right there. I mean, a huge thing. And all of a sudden, though, this, this lady who she's not dying or not dead. I mean, she doesn't need to be raised from the dead. She's had a health issue for 12 years that certainly would change her life. It would inconvenience her life. But I mean, compared to death, it's it, it, it's not really a huge thing compared to death, right? It's a small thing compared to death. And we looked at that yesterday, that, that God is able to heal the biggest of diseases and illnesses and sicknesses and the smallest of diseases and sicknesses and illnesses. But here we see, I want us to see something a little bit different this morning. And that is that she understood that she just needed to touch just the garment of Jesus, just a little bit of God. She reached out in faith and laid hold of God. And you know, when it comes to healing, there are times when you need to be healed and what you need to have, obviously, is faith. That's a big thing. That's something we've touched on time and time and time again. Also, you need to go to God. So that means you need to go to the people of God, to the body of Christ, the church. You need to get connected there. We've touched on that over and over and over again so far in this series. Probably we'll continue to go over it because it's so important. But also, you need this component of simply reaching out to Jesus of just in desperation, reaching out to Jesus. Yeah, so many times we're, we're, we're hesitant. So many times when it comes to that, that healing, we're, we get distracted. You can see that this woman was on a mission. And she goes and says, I just need to touch the hem of his garment. And she reached out and she touched Jesus Christ with her faith. And she was made well. Sometimes you just need to reach out to Jesus. And you know, that's one of the things that the devil does so good is that he keeps you distracted. He keeps you hesitant. He keeps you going in, in, in doubt as opposed to in faith. And because of that, sometimes people don't even really reach out. They don't make a prayer of faith. They don't go out and cry and get alone with God and, and, and find desperation. Or, or when they're there at, at, the, uh, at the church service and they're with the body of Christ and grace is flowing sideways, they, they don't make that move. You know, there, there is something that is responsible, that you are responsible for. There's many things you're responsible for, that there are conditions for healing. And, and one of them is that you have to make a move. You know, in James 5, it's that you are the one who's to call for the elders. For the pastor, you're the one who's to go, supposed to go and say, please pray for me. You're supposed to be the one who does that. You're the one who initiates it. You know, so many times I see this that it's, and there's there's nothing wrong, obviously, with a pastor going and calling on someone. I mean, Jesus went to many people. We're about to see that here at the end of this chapter. But so many times it's that the pastor is going out and they're the one making the, the, the initiation there and they're the one who's going and saying, I'm calling on you because you're sick. But you need to be the one who goes in like this woman and goes and says, I'm initiating it. I'm reaching out. It's me who's in need of healing. You know, that old song, you know, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. 
Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. You know, that requires humility. It really does. And God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. It takes humility to reach out to Jesus, to go and to say, it's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. But that's what this woman did. She said, it's me, Lord, it's me. And she reached out and she grabbed a hold of the hem of Jesus, just a little bit of Jesus. And she was healed. She was healed. Be of good cheer, my daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Wow. The next part of healing that we see in this chapter, because there's a lot on healing in this chapter, is uh, in verse 27. It starts in verse 27. It says, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, and according to their faith, uh, and saying, According to your faith, let it be done to you. Then their eyes were opened, and Jesus warned them, saying, See that, uh, that no one knows it. But when they departed, they spread the news about him in all the country. Wow. We see here that they were healed. And what is the, the, the practical lesson that we can learn uh, from this? Well, it's, first of all, there they are. They're crying out to Jesus, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy, mercy on us. Once again, you need to cry out to Jesus. Have you asked Jesus to heal you? Have you asked God to heal you? You know, so many times we're like, oh, God doesn't heal us. Well, have you prayed about it? Have you asked him to heal you? I mean, sometimes people have and they haven't had, haven't had the healing. I understand that. Uh, we're, we're going through a lot of the conditions of healing. Healing uh, healing's not for everyone, but that's not God's fault. Sometimes we don't meet the conditions. But here we see they cried out to God. Then Jesus asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? You know, do you really believe that God is able to heal you? A lot of people have doubts. They said yes. And then Jesus said, according to your faith, may you be healed. You know, faith is important. You must really believe in God. It, it, it tells us in James chapter 1 that if you pray to God, so even if you're calling out to God, but you call out, call out to him in, in an unbelieving way, it says, he says that you're a double-minded man, unstable in all your ways, and you shouldn't expect anything from the Lord. But what does it mean if we pray out in faith, now real faith, which is, of course, in accordance with God's will and in submitted to God's word, right? We're not talking about faith in the uh, sense of, okay, let me go down my Christmas list. Give me, give me, give me. My name's Jimmy. You know, that's not what our prayer should sound like. But, but praying in such a way that's in faith and in accordance to God's word, well, what do we see in accordance to God's promises? We see that if we shouldn't expect anything from God when we don't believe, if we believe rightly, we should expect everything that God promises. And these men were healed. The next one we see is in verse 31, and it says, But when they had departed, they spread the news about him. Or excuse me, in verse 32, it says this, And they went out, and behold, they brought him a man mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. Then the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. 
Now, I don't want you to think that there's a demon behind every single illness or every single disease or every single sickness, but I do want you to realize there are sometimes demons that are behind illnesses, sicknesses, and diseases in some people's life because they have let those demons come into their life and those demons need to be cast out and they need to believe in Jesus because if they don't believe in Jesus, what ends up happening is, is that seven more spirits, much worse, come back in and they wreck the person's life even more. Even worse is what Jesus tells us. But here we see that there was a mute man. He had a, a physical ailment, right? Something that would really impact your life, not being able to speak. And Jesus cast out a demon. And then the man was able to speak. I want you to realize that some of the healing that needs to happen today is because some demons need to be cast out. There are demons today. They didn't go away. In fact, they're working probably harder right now because they know that they're on borrowed time. They are going to lose and they're trying to do as much damage as they possibly could do. And there are some sicknesses a lot of mental illnesses is what we call them today. A lot of mental illnesses today are really just demon possessions, and they really need some a, a person of God to go and to cast out these demons, but they need to do so in such a way that the, then they lead these people to the Lord, and it's in the name of Jesus, and that Jesus, then the Holy Spirit comes in and, and, and fills their life, because otherwise what's going to happen? Well, their life's going to be a lot worse because the demon comes back with his buddies. Remember, uh, what, what's your name calls Jesus to, to, to one demon? Or so he thought, well, I shouldn't say that Jesus thought it was one demon, but if you're in the narrative, so you think it's one demon. And uh, my name is Legion, for we are many. We start to look out at our culture today, and I know this is taking a little bit of a turn away from healing, but it's important that we have a little bit of a demonology here when I'm going and saying this. You know, in our culture today, and you're choosing your pronouns, and people are going and choosing they, them. Let me tell you, I, I truly believe that, that the they, them, this has come from demonic influence. And many times, most times, most times, possibly all times, I, I can't say that because I haven't met every single one. There are perhaps some people who are just going out saying it because it's trendy or whatnot. But, but I can tell you that those who go and put down they, them, there is a more than high probability that they are demon-possessed by multiple demons. We've got a demon possession problem in America today. And these demons need to be cast out. That's what needs to happen. But let's get back into healing because we do have just one more thing on healing here that I'll leave us with. And it says, Then Jesus went about to all the cities, in verse 35, uh, and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest send out laborers into his harvest. So I want you to realize here, first of all, Jesus he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. There's, there's nothing you're going to run into that Jesus isn't, doesn't have the remedy for. He can heal anything. He's got the remedy. I also want you to realize that he was moved with compassion. 
Jesus is moved yet with compassion today for you. He doesn't want to see you in sickness and disease in an illness. He wants to see you have victory over those things. We know this. Jesus doesn't go around going, oh yeah, I, I, I want them to, to have a disease. No. Now, there might come times where there's judgments that come on people. Yeah. Yep, that happens. But that what that's not God's first choice. That's because you've made the wrong choice several times and refused to repent. But he has compassion. And then he says to pray something interesting. He says, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is while he's going and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and while he's going and healing the sick from every sickness and every disease. These two things go hand in hand. It's clear in Scripture. It's, it's right there over and over and over in Scripture. But you know, today we should also be praying because the harvest is still plentiful. It's still ripe and we need more laborers. We need those who, like Jesus, are moved with compassion, who are under authority and they're in line with Jesus Christ and they're going to go in, in the authority that he has said, all authority is given unto me, therefore go. And they're going to go and lead people to healing and salvation so that people can be saved and so that they can walk in what God has called them to do. That's what God wants for you. He's got compassion for you. He wants you to cry out like the woman who just needed to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. He wants you to cry out like the blind men who had faith and they believed that he was able. And of course, if you have any demonic oppression or demonic possession, he certainly wants that demon out of you. And he wants that demon to take whatever sickness and disease and illness that it has with it, wants him to go and be gone forever. And he wants you to be healed. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing, sing like the battle.